on this show, learning how to tune in to the vibrations of the universe. This is Mysticism 101 Crunched on Table Talk Radio. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. You know, but if the busboy at that restaurant and you're there simply to clear tables and you notice that there's people that aren't coming in, it's not your job to start changing aspects of the restaurant because it's not your restaurant. So the question is, is whose church is it? I mean, if it's right. if it's our church, then we better get busy and start doing all these things because it's up to us to, quote, grow the church. But if it's right. the Lord's church, he's the one who gets to call the shots. Did you hear what it says? The church is not a monster with two heads. There's only one head, Jesus and Peter. <laughs> wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. That's Hold the- on. I can count. <laughs> Jesus, one. <laughs> Peter, two. Because it's been about a week since your last headache, this is Table Talk Radio. Are you there? Over there? Hey, wake up. I'm here. Wake up. I'm ready to go. All Just right. Just checking out my uh, my listing on Lutheran B&B here. Yeah, do you have your house there listed? You could you could uh you could rent out the the couch in your study. Or yeah, Pastor Flammy's right. study. <laughs> that's right. I just am registering Pastor Flammy's house on the Lutheran B&B. <laughs> you could you could tell, "Hey, Flammy, uh do you think you think you could uh study from home? I kind of rented out your study this week." <laughs> tell us about this Lutheran B&B. We have we got B&B. news last night. Uh, we got news last night that we have to be out of our offices in a week and a half, 10 days, all of our junk packed up and also all of our stuff packed up because we're remodeling for the elevator. <sighs> nice. So you get, you're getting an elevator, huh? Are you getting a second story yeah, also? Uh, no, elevator's going down, not up. <laughs> I'll say. <It's> That's like this radio show. I want us also show. get air conditioner for the sanctuary, but we decided just to get air conditioner for the elevator, so that's where I'll be all the time. <laughs> I'll say it's going down, not up. All right. So in uh, today's broadcast, so let's see what you got going on. You got some uh, emails, some preaching to Hollywood. Uh, I don't know what all the things you put. You have named that church body. We did that last week. I don't know what you have going yeah. on. We're going to find out. Pastor Wolfram yeah. did the show prep for today, as you can tell. But first, let's start out with doing some buzzwords. My buzzword for you is Marburg Colloquy. Marburg? What's what's wrong? That's like that's not a buzzword. That's like a buzz, theological buzz event. Go on. It's fine. It also happens that Marburg is a place. Yeah. We're going to go see it in September. You want to come with us? Let me know. Oh, that's your shameless plug. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I should get points for that. Anyway. <laughs> you should wait, wait. You should get points for working in a shameless plug during the giving of your buzzword. That's right. You're like, wait a minute. I didn't even realize you were I advertising. Feel, something. I feel so tricked. Uh, anyway, fourth wave, fourth wave digital marketing there. The Marburg Colloquy was a meeting at Marburg Castle in Marburg, Hesse, Hesse Germany. We're going to go see it in June and then again in September. 
which attempted to solve a disputation between Martin Luther and Ulrich Zwingli over the real presence of Christ in the Lord's Supper. It took place between 1 October and 4 October, 1529. The leading Protestant reformers of the time attended at the behest of Philip I of Hessen. Philip's primary motivation for the... How do you get to be named Philip I if there's... Like, how do you know there's going to be anyone second? Well, yeah, you have to be... You have to find a second. You'd be like, hey, I'm it's Phil- like, I'm <laughs> Philip the first. I go to find a second. Number two, anyone want to be Philip the second around here? That's like just, that's like naming yourself senior. You know, I don't have any kids yet, but I I'm am Evan, Evan the senior. senior. <laughs> Evan the first. Evan the first. <laughs> Anyhow. Philip's primary motivation for the conference was political. He wished to unite the Protestant states in a political alliance, and this, and to this end, religious harmony was an important consideration. Uh, those are Diet Aspire stuff, all these guys that were there. We published the Marburg Colloquy, the text. I was reading it, and I said, well, this is all pretty good. They agreed on everything. It goes through all the doctrine until it gets to the end and says, and also the Lord's Supper, which we disagree on. Now, interestingly enough... Some people would say, well, if you agree on everything but the Lord's Supper, I mean, they even agreed on baptism. If you agree on everything but the Lord's Supper, isn't that enough? And the answer, my friends, is no. And the reason why is because Jesus said, this is my body. And when he said, this is my body, he does not authorize us to say, this is not his body. So we are we are not authorized by Jesus to disagree with his words, and therefore uh, disagreeing on the Lord's Supper is enough to cause a division in the church. All right. My theological buzzword for you is legalism. And what do you think about this as a definition? I think I like it. The wrong use of the law as the basis for righteousness or sanctification. That's good. Yeah. Let's see where I got this. Oh, this is from issuesetcarchive.org. <laughs> All right. Wow. That'll work. So legalism is your theological buzzword. All right, piece of cake. All right. I'm always calling you a legalist, so. That's true. Legalism, Marburg. Got to be good at I something. I better write down mine so I can recognize it when you say it. Marburg. All right, so let's go to the emails at table, uh, let's see, questions at tabletalkradio.org. And look at this. We have uh, links to your quiet time. <laughs> Intro to journaling. This is a, a submitted to us by our listener who apparently... Uh, went through the process of registering for this resource and then sending us the login and password. Thanks. So we're logging in with someone else's. <laughs> yeah. Look at the password. The presence. All right. So I got. Oh, sorry. Password. All right. So here are the five <laughs> sessions. Actually, there's six sessions. Breakthrough, peace in the storm, hearing the Holy Spirit, becoming like Kim true worship and a brief guide to spiritual journaling and i think you wanted to listen to uh, session number three hearing the holy spirit is that right sure oh yeah that's what i'm dying to hear <laughs> i've wanted to hear that my whole life i just didn't even know it till right <laughs> that's true okay well here it is right here let's go let's listen oh that's peaceful how come they got better bump Hearing the us? Holy Spirit is the sixth sense you have heard about. There are different ways in which we can hear from the Holy wait, Spirit. Wait, wait, did you, wait, wait, hold on. Perceive... I was goofing around. I got to get those words quick. Hearing the Holy Spirit is the sixth sense you've been hearing about? 
Uh, I've been hearing what about it, it, but it was a movie with Kevin Costner, and I don't know that it was. I don't know. Is that what you've been Sixth hearing? Sense wasn't the Sixth Sense about Bruce? Wasn't Bruce Willis? In oh, the that's Sixth what it was. Oops, <laughs> not Kevin Costner. That's right, Kevin Bruce Costner, Willis. Are you the Dancing with Wolves? <laughs> Same thing. Those two people look a lot alike. I'm just saying. Bruce Willis and Kevin Costner. Look oh yeah. Alike? Oh yeah. You need to get your eyes checked. Your your fifth sense is not working very good. This, this statement is so absurd. The, the, what, the hearing the Holy Spirit is the sixth sense you've been hearing. Maybe it means you've been hearing about in our first two videos. Uh, maybe that's what it. Maybe we're missing a little bit of context because, of course, when people talk about the sixth sense, I mean, I guess they just are talking about. The mystic eye, you know, the internal self, the 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 reality, uh, the 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 um, majesty of the emotions, or whatever. I guess that's what they're talking about. I'm going to do a little project. But listening now, now to, notice I'm, that the sixth sense is the internal sense, the thing that happens on the inside. This is enthusiasm. I'm going to hit the streets with a picture of Kevin Costner and see how many people I can say identify him as Bruce Willis. Both uh, 62 years old. Uh, Kevin Costner, born January 18th, 1955, and Bruce Willis, March 19th, 1955. This is the kind of thing I was hoping to learn today. Kevin Costner, six foot one, Bruce Willis, six foot nothing. Saying there's a lot of similarities. <laughs> Kevin Costner has like long ponytail hair, and Bruce Willis is bald. <laughs> Never mind that. <laughs> Other than that, they all right. look like anything like each other. If you took Bruce, if you took Mel Gibson and split him in half, half of it would be Kevin Costner and half would be um, Bruce Willis. Where, where did he come into this? Well, just saying, if you wanted a guy that looked like both of them, you would get Mel Brooks. I mean, not Mel, Mel, Brooks, Mel Brooks. Mel Gibson. <laughs> this is why we're not like a celebrity show because we don't. Even yeah. Know. All right. Here's more of the video. For hear a still small voice. We can hear him through what our friends and family in Christ submit to us. We can hear the Holy Spirit through impressions, feelings, and experience, as well as through the consequences of sin. The goal of this segment, Hearing the Holy Spirit, is to help you develop the skill of discerning his voice and consistently only acting on his leading. Oh. The goal One of this aspect is to make you training of the inner life is discernment. How do I know this reassurance? Well, that wasn't that even I the feel... guy. That was just an intro. That was the intro guy. Yeah, this guy. With that the, was the bump in the, with the with the raspy voice is going to teach us how to listen uh, to the Holy Spirit. So let me just get this straight. I'll make sure I'm taking right notes. The uh -huh. Holy Spirit can speak to us when our friends in Christ submit things to us. Uh huh. I, I suppose in writing or just spoken. I'd well, like I would I would submit that we should read the scriptures to hear from the Holy Spirit. That's what I would submit. Take it easy because that's boxing in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if you want to put God in a box like that, be well, my guest, wait a minute. my friend. Wait a minute. If I submitted it, then it's got to be true. <laughs> <laughs> what if someone submits to you something different than someone else submits? Uh-oh. What if your impression and your experience is different than what your friends in Christ submit to you? Then uh -oh. what do you do? Uh-oh. All right. When we get back from this break, we'll continue hearing a little bit more from this video. And Pastor Wolf Miller, I'm going to go on a prediction that you're going to go on a tirade listening to this video. We'll be right back. Table Talk Radio.
speaks to me through the bump music. This is getting me worked up. Short Earplugs fuse, you know. not Short included. You're on Table Talk Radio. We're going to Germany in September. Send me an email if you want more information. Bewolfmuther at gmail.com. Pastor Wolfmuller drinking. I keep finding worse songs. Pastor Wolfmuller. Okay, that was that was the bump last week that you liked. That was the one. Really? <laughs> uh, Pastor Wolfmuller drinking and sure getting ready for tonight's softball game. It's a crunchy protein bar. <laughs> What's the team name of the uh, Hope Lutheran softball team? You guys. Bag like, of fannies. Oh yeah. We've been over that. Remember the Hope Bag of Fannies, named after the cupbearer of King Ahasuerus? Yes. Either I'm... pronounced Bag of Fannies or Bagophanies. I'm isn't, going with Bag of Fannies. Isn't that from Esther? I'm surprised you know about that. No, it's not Esther. Oh. It's, uh, I think it's Isaiah. That would explain it. I'll do it. I'll do it profound. <laughs> I'll do a deep Bible search. Bag of Fannies. All right. Um, so what's your record as, as to date? Do we haven't started yet? Oh, the opening game it's tonight. An opening day tonight. Ooh, yeah. and who are you playing? The Hardware Hanks or something? Yeah, that's how it always is. It's like the um, it's like, like the police the force. <laughs> the, the the Hope Lutheran Crusaders versus the uh, Aurora Police Squad SWAT team or something like that. It's outreach, <laughs> especially when nobody loses their temper. It's good outreach. <laughs> How often is that? Doesn't always doesn't always happen. <laughs> Bagophanies is not in the Google. Ooh. How is that even possible? Don't you guys have like a Facebook page or something? I'm surprised you don't have a Facebook page. What I'm saying is the word bagophanies is not anywhere in the internet. Hmm. It could be that I'm spelling it wrong. That's possible. All right, we're uh, listening to a video on how to listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's hear a little bit more of that. Right now is not something that my endorphins are producing to make me feel better. Right. To make me, how, how do I know it's a real thing? And when you start along the path of discerning, then you learn to distinguish feelings and thoughts ones that are true and deep and rooted somewhere else and those which are fleeting or have no roots or or are fabrications of your own mind you know for for whatever reason okay i i'm going to pause it real quick i just think that it's interesting at least that um the teacher here whose name is not anywhere on the material i have in front of me um is at least saying that there are there is such a thing as fabricated thoughts and you know, thoughts that come in just by our own endorphins or whatever else. So, so there is at least, so in other words, not every thought that pops into the mind is automatically from the Holy Spirit. So there is some discernment that goes on. So now we're going to ask the question, it's going to be the question of certainty. How can I have certainty that the words that I'm hearing pop into my head are divine versus uh, of natural explanation? Fair enough? Yes. Although I'd like to submit you a rather... Uh-oh. Simple way of thinking through this. He's submitting something. Yes. Which is this. If 
the thing that the Holy Spirit tells us does not agree with the Scripture, then we know that's not the Holy Spirit. Okay, but... And if it does agree with the Scripture, then it was not necessary for the Holy Spirit to tell us because he already told us in the Bible. Exactly. That's my, my thing. I mean, if if we have to run everything against the Holy the, the Holy Scriptures, then let's just read the Scriptures. <laughs> Don't right. even bother with it. Just... I mean, it's like um, yeah. it's like if you, every time you ask mom, can I go to Billy's house? Can I go get some ice cream? If every single time she said yes, if it's okay with your father, eventually you're just going to start going to father because you know that mom's never going to give it on her own accord. You're just going to, okay, forget mom, go to dad. And if that's what we have to do with the with the scriptures and the voices that popped in my head, then just go straight to the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, but this is the problem. If 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 Ma, if uh, if you if the scriptures are like Mom, they never tell you yes. <laughs> then you go to Dad, the Holy Spirit. You <laughs> it becomes pretty nice that the Holy Spirit it tells you something a little bit more than the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's nice and convenient. Mm-hmm. So the it same is, thing works the other way. It is convenient. All right, here's more. Yeah, I think a lot of people do struggle with that. How do I know what I'm hearing and what I'm feeling is God and not just my imagination? Or yeah, exactly. a cause of some yeah. other external thing. Even a decision or an impression or a conclusion about something, you know, that it's, it's, uh, it's, just lo- it's just lost because it's of no value. It's not valued in a commercial world. It's not valued. And because it's not valued, it's lost. And because it's lost, the human family is shipwrecked. But the thing is, in what, what time, is that talk, what anybody, is he talking about there? I'm a little, it's not valued. So I'm wondering if he's trying to say that there are times that people hear from the Spirit, but but uh, dismiss it as something that's nothing, and so now this is just lost. You know that that the Spirit was trying to speak, and now humanity is a shipwreck because they didn't recognize it to be the Holy Spirit. Oh, I see. So the Holy Spirit's trying to say all this stuff and give us all these Holy Spirit gifts, new insights and stuff, because the Bible's not enough. And then, but we're not listening to it because it doesn't fit into our commercialized society. Yeah, I, I think so. But let, let's let them finish and then see, see if he elaborates on that. Anybody can learn to be really good at discerning. This dream was absolute BS. This dream has an important <laughs> message for me. Uh-huh. This thing that I'm feeling now wow. is paranoia. This thing that I'm feeling now is a really important alert. You better be really careful and back out of here slowly. Any, anybody can learn. Anybody can. Right. But you need wow. to be taught by somebody that knows. It's like going, it's like if you're driving down the road and you're listening, you're a station and there's a song, but it's the further you drive, the, the signal's changing and you're yeah. just keeping your hand yeah. on that radio dial, moving it. My, yeah. my dad says to us, he says, God has a voice in everything. And you can you can hear him in anything or miss him in everything. Like he's always Whoa. speaking, but are we listening? Yeah. So are we listening? Are you tuning in? Yeah. Are you tuning into the voice of God in everything? Hmm. Huh. This is really dangerous stuff. How can you know we we are here on the Table Talk Radio uh, saying, "Hey guys, remember mysticism dangerous." Everyone says, "Well, you got meanie pants," but this is really dangerous stuff. Because you see, I mean, the, the on the negative side of things, uh, 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 the thing that you lose in all of this is the precious doctrine of the sufficiency of the Scripture, that we have enough. And now what you do is you create this 
this tiered spirituality where some people are able to tune in to hearing the voice of the spirit mm. and other people are not, and that's really bad. Well, the other thing, too, is that you lose all objectivity of uh, what God's Word says. So remember how the Lutherans used to debate about whether um, the Pope had any authority? <laughs> and where the where the Lutherans went is they, well, okay, what does the Word of God say? Do the Scriptures ascribe such authority to the Pope? And uh, the conclusion that we all go to is is to say, well, no, it doesn't. But but now the Roman Catholic comes back and says, um, uh, well, but that's just your interpretation. Uh, how are you to say that your interpretation is right versus the interpretation of the Roman Catholic Church, to which we would say, back to the words, <laughs> back to the study of grammar, back to understanding by the use of reason languages and things like this, so that the meaning, God's the the, the uh, assertions of truth that God would have us believe are contained in the very meaning of the word, the text. But now you come to this point where a person is saying uh, God's voice is in everything, and so now that you have certainty in nothing, that uh, I'm I believe God was saying this to me. Well, how do you know that? Well. How dare you question me that the thing that I'm hearing is God's word? I mean, you can believe mm-hmm. nothing to be God's word now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You want a little bit more? No, yeah, some more. When you stop and you're like, Father, speak to me, I'm listening, your life becomes a romance. Mm-hmm. Your life becomes <laughs> like anything can happen. The more you get acquainted oh. with his nature, um, the more you understand and realize what he's really like. Not just the way he makes you feel, but actually what he's really like. Um, you you stop wavering on really little things. Right. And I th- for me, for us, I know, like living a life of, of dependency on the Lord, you know, living a, a life of like living in his presence has created a consistency in our life that is a reflection of his nature. Yeah. Which is what we all want, you know, that we would become more like him, that we, that people would look at us and be like, what's so different about you? You know, and you're oh, like, yes. it's just, How come it's, you're so crazy it's the consistency now? of actually believing <laughs> that he's good, how, you know. How, so does this, think, how does these two things go together that when it's, you become yeah. a romance and anything's possible, life opens up to all sorts of new crazy possibilities and it creates also a consistency? Well... I think That's it was weird. interesting that consistency was something that was adored or a virtue to achieve, which would seem to be like maybe an objective reading of the text would provide consistency <laughs> rather than God's voice in everything. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if consistency is a it's good not, thing. It's the, it's the, I mean, did you hear – so, you know, remember how this thing where we talk about the uh, romance of mysticism? And they just said it. They said, when you become a mystic, life becomes a romance with God. And it's not just and it's not just how God makes you feel. We're talking advanced mysticism. How you feel, how God makes you feel, that's like mysticism 101. But we're mysticism 202, which is <laughs> beyond that. And it's you, you live constantly in his presence, and you start to know who he is. Now, notice, please. That in this whole thing is not, how do you know who God is? It's not from what he says in his word. That's not how you know who God is. Typical. But it's from the the sixth sense of the mystic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of times, well, you just know. 
And that's that's as fundamental as it gets. You just know. Just know. You just know. Okay, we're going to take another break. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, and we will be right back. I kind of like this book. Did I like it last week? No, you didn't. (laughs) I didn't? Well, you were hardened. You had a hardened heart towards this one. For those times when you just want to be alone, this is Table Talk Radio. I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you could find at worldvieweverlasting.com. This is one I think I don't like. Is that true? Am I consistent? <laughs> no. When have you ever been consistent? <laughs> you, you, you're... Like and dislike of the bump music is a bit like hearing the voice of God in everything. <laughs> By the way, someone posted up on the Facebook something that we said that made him laugh. And I said, huh, we said something funny one time. And I went back and I listened to the show and and I, I was I was getting a little bit nervous at our constant claims at mediocrity. I thought it just might be, you know, a little bit too braggadocious. Oh, a little I mean, setting the bar setting too high. people up for. Yeah, right. Setting people up, their expectations too high. But no, no. I listened to our show accidentally, and I think we are mediocre. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. I I, every, I listened. I said, yeah, yeah, this is mediocre. Uh-huh. This is mediocre radio. Yeah. So anyway, I'm not so nervous at that at that moniker. No anymore. false I'm advertising. Glad to claim it. Okay. That's right. We have one more minute left in this video. How to hear the voice Finish of the it. Holy Spirit. And I think for us, even leading a community, like leading schools, all that stuff that that takes way more energy than leading worship. Right. You know, if you try to do that without consistency, it's very difficult. It's exhausting. It's exhausting, you know, and you hit moments where, like, it's totally out of your capacity to fix and to do it right. Is that the Holy Spirit singing in the background? If you're not totally dependent on the Lord and you don't know how to access His nature and His presence in a second. Access His nature? In his presence. Secret passcode. What's a pin? (laughs) The the password is mystic. Type it in. You get access. (laughs) The presence and nature of God. All right, just a little bit left. It's it's burnout because you strive. And it's like, oh, you you constantly are hitting most. It's up to me. Right. No, it's never up to you. It's up to your willingness to actually partner with the Lord. Wait, wait, wait. So it's not up to you. It's up to your willingness. (laughs) What's the, the difference? Wait, wait, wait. What's the difference between something being up to you and something being up to your willingness? Like, have we have we it's lost w- what the will is? <laughs> it's your willingness to partner. That means your willingness to be, to your willingness to cooperate with God. I mean, this, look, and this is the this is the good news that mysticism has to offer. Look, it's not all about you. It's mostly about you and a little bit about God. You should be happy about that. How wow. how in the world you know to have mysticism here this is that mysticism as the as the Ace. as the alternative to burnout. Mm. Oh my goodness. I mean if you just wanted to invent a recipe for burnout you would call it mysticism. <laughs> yeah, so yeah so so it's it's about plugging into the divine power source which is um what in in the emotions, you know the the constant emotions <laughs> that that are, aren't fickle whatsoever. <laughs> That's right. The unfleeting emotions. 
You know what? Here, this is why. See, this is why mysticism is so appealing, though, because it it does offer an alternative to legalism. Because with with the legalists, with the pietists, with the you're doing all the works, mm. it is up to you and your efforts and your will to please God. There is a sense that in mysticism you are passive. There is a passive aspect to well, mysticism. This is why one. This yeah. is one of the reasons why the mystics can sneak into the Lutherans because the Lutherans are, have this goofy idea. You know, God worship is not what you do for God; it's what God does for you. Which is, I mean, I mean, I guess that's right. Uh, mostly there's the worship of the law, which is what we do for the Lord. But mostly the worship is our faith and trust in the promise of God. But so we say we're passive in worship. We're pa- we have the passive righteousness of God. And the mystic says, yeah, we are, we're passive in worship too. God comes to us. He overwhelms us. He, he consumes us. He, he touches us. He, you know, devours us or whatever else the mystic God does. And, and so we say, oh, Hey, yeah, that we we agree with each other because we both have this passive idea of worship. So, uh, so the mystic says to the legalist, "It's not all about you, but you, know, you gotta you, you, you have gotta to submit be to God. You have to be willing to be submissive because I mean, the, like we always say, okay, if if God is speaking to me in ways outside of the Scripture, then then bring it on. You know, have Him speak right now to me. I'm not hearing Him, and it's like, well, you're not yielding to the voice. I mean, the Lord is willing." to speak to you, but unless you are willing to listen. So that's why that, that phoniness that we just heard about, it's not about you, it's about you being willing. It's like, um, you know, the, the mystic God is bound by your uh, unwilling uh, sixth sense antenna being up. I mean, un- unless, <laughs> unless you're willing to be yielding, the, the mystic God won't speak. That's right. Well, I mean, that will just has to be there. It is. I mean, it's the constant backdrop. It's the hum in your ear. It's the ring in the ears of American Christianity. We just got the website, by the way, the, the other day, Mevangelicalism. <laughs> What's that? Oh, uh, but it's just a website called Mevangelicalism. I don't think it has anything on it yet, but this idea, this is really the idea of American Christianity. It's just me, you know, my will, my whatever, Mevangelicalism. And it's just so that this will is constantly in the background everywhere so that a statement like it's not about what you do. It's about what you do makes sense to the evangelical <laughs> because because there there's just no that's all there is. I mean, the only thing you have reference to is your own choices, your own decisions, your own will. I mean, that's you can't there's nothing beyond that. They can't even conceive of anything beyond it. So. All right. Let's move what on absolute disaster. to the video entitled True Worship. A specific sound is coming. This sound is defined more by the hearts of the people making it than the physical sound itself. We believe worship is not what we do, it is who we are and who we were created to be. The truth of our identity in the Spirit is that we are accepted in the beloved Son Jesus, so we are free to express ourselves in all kinds of worship that utilize our talents and enliven our personalities. Okay. Wait a minute. It's not about okay. what we do, it's who we are. It's about how you express yourselves in the things that you do. I got the I got it's, it. It makes total sense there to me. There's circular so, reasoning going on. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you I used the word legalism earlier. Like oh, you seven did. Times, well and done. I just looked down and that's the buzzword. Well done. You didn't even realize it though. If you didn't realize you used the buzzword, then you didn't use the buzzword. I, I just looked down and I said, Hey, what's the buzzword? Uh, legalism. I just said legalism <laughs> like twenty times. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. I'll give you uh six hundred and twenty four points. Now here's the logic 
because again, mysticism, if you, if, when the mystic comes up against the legalism, it sounds like it's all gospel-y. And here's how they do it. Here's how it works in this context. It's not about what you have to do. It's not about rules and forms and external experience, uh, appearances and all this sort of stuff. It's not about your doing. It's about who you are. We are redeemed in Christ, and that means we are set free to be who we are and therefore express who we are in our worship. So you're some sort of punk rocker? Well, do punk rock worship, see? You're some sort of mm. cowboy? Well, do the cowboy worship. So that it's uh, it, it's a new form of legalism, but it's does because it's not because it's a legalism that you like. It doesn't hurt as much as the legalism that you don't like. So you're set free in Christ to do what you want to do. Well, you're still doing, but you're doing what you want. So you can't. Uh, so you see the uh, you see the thing there. Yeah. You're doing what you want, so the legalism doesn't sting. But but this just kind of like enables you to just. I mean. It, <laughs> It's an excuse to just do whatever I want. And why? Well, because Jesus died for me. And because Jesus died for me, now I can just do whatever I want. I mean, it's it's almost a sense of um of antinomianism, which of course does end up folding itself onto a new kind of legalism. But uh Right. Let's see, let's listen a little bit more before we have to go to the next break. The key to true worship is to resonate with the song God is singing over you and sing it back to him in the setting he has suited you for. Your lifestyle. Do you see how that could be appealing to the Lutherans? Mm-hmm. So, so God, we say confession is the echo back, right? So God says something, you echo it back. Now, so the mystic says, yeah, God is singing a song over you, and now you got to echo it back. But how do you know what the song that God is singing over you? You have to tune in with your sixth mystic sense to hear the secret song that he's singing, especially for you, and in, in this individualized revelation that then you are expressing back like some sort of spiritual tuning fork in tune hey, they, with the universe. They were they were showing a, on the video a tuning fork <laughs> in that last clip. It was a someone just hit yeah. a, a tuning fork in front of the microphone that looks just like ours. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's what it is. I mean that's the picture. I mean that's what so so there's a there's a spiritual vibration, you know. That's what the tuning fork does. And it and now you got to you got to get in line with that. So so when the choir's warming up, you hit the tuning fork and then everyone tunes to the choir. Well, the Holy Spirit is is singing that song and now you have to grab onto it. I wish you would and grab vibrate onto with it. the same vibrations that the Holy Spirit is all right, a little bit more before our next break. Thankfulness for his presence is a life of true worship. I think for me, a practical way to step into his presence. Um, I think about the story of my daughter. She went shopping for the first time with Melissa when Melissa let Haven pick out her, her dress. And she's like three or four years old. Right. They go out on this mommy-daughter shopping trip and Haven gets to pick out her own dress. When she comes home, she bursts through my door with a new dress on. I'm sitting in a, in a chair in my room. She runs and she jumps and stands right in front of me and just pauses. And in that moment, like time itself paused because I realized my daughter was saying, Daddy, tell me who I am. And I looked into her eyes and I'm like, oh my gosh, even you look more beautiful in that dress than you've looked your whole life. And she just smiles and runs out of the room. And probably five or ten times that week, she did it. She would jump in front of me again and just say, Daddy, tell me who I am. Her heart was saying and for me, like, worship is the place and where we step in front of the Father and we're like, Father, who am I? 
Okay, that's really beautiful. In fact, I think that that's true. It's just that how does he tell us who we are? Well, he tells us that we are forgiven through the gospel, through the preached word. This is what he's giving to us in baptism. And it's not some kind of a mystical tuning fork I got to tune into, but it's in an objective word with objective water. It said, you are baptized. You are my child. It's my declaration. And we'll be right back. Table Talk Radio, where the voice crying in the wilderness is the listener. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. Uh, I don't like this one, right? Right. Well, you just squandered away another perfectly good hour listening to Table Talk Radio. I can't oh. believe that we've just... Ugh. I just... We just started listening to this. I was taken to such a place of spiritual rapture. <laughs> my sixth sense, my internal spiritual tuning fork was just... Now, the, I, you made this great point going out. Of, the guy tells a story about the girl who comes into the room with her new dress on and stands in front of Dad, and she wants to hear who she is, which is kind of funny way to say it, but that's fine. And I think that Dad should have should not have used his mouth to talk to her ears and used words, <laughs> but should have rather spoken mystically to her sixth sense. That would have made her feel better. He should have just, just kept his mouth looked at her. Yeah, and kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, used his spiritual sense to to tickle the heart. <laughs> that would have been true worship. You know what this was? This was just traditions of men. It was all legalism <laughs> and external forms. Did, did you hear? She kept doing it over and over again. That's works righteousness. Yeah, yeah. Re- vain repetition of the gu- <laughs> the vain repetition of the. Gu- I told her once she looked beautiful. Why does she need it again? I know it wasn't as spontaneous after that. All right, yes. <laughs> and I, I did. He, I told her the same thing. Uh, you know, he said, "Oh, you still look beautiful." You look. What would he say? You look beautiful. You look beautiful. You look beautiful. Oh, <laughs> oh I was. She said, "Don't say the same thing over and over again." This is the vain repetition. It's just tradition. <laughs> I want to know your thoughts about me, and for me, it's really practical. Like I'll just have mornings I wake up, and I'm like. Papa, what are your thoughts about me? What What's the conversation that you and the Holy Spirit and your son are having around the table right now about my life? David- oh, that's interesting. So now you have the counsel of God. Now, the question is, how, how do we hear the conversation that goes on between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and the counsel of God? And um, again, it would be, I mean, in Jeremiah... Um, the, those who say that they know this conversation, the Lord would say, um, they say declares the Lord, and yet they wag their tongues. I mean, they, uh, the, that they have not stood in my counsel. So the way that we would mm-hmm. know what conversation is actually going on is to hear from those who speak, uh, who have stood in the council and have heard this conversation. Now, mm-hmm. I can't think of any other person to receive the conversation that goes on than from Jesus Christ himself. I mean, it seems like he would know, don't you think, what what conversation goes on between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And mm-hmm, what are mm-hmm. the words that he said? I mean, 
why 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 go to thoughts and feelings when you have the very words of Jesus? He can tell us That's what right. was going on. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. No, 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 no. Come on. We are going to just have the word not dwelling among us. We're going to ascend into heaven, like Paul says in Romans. Who will ascend into heaven? Oh, we will. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go ascend into heaven and get a bit of the counsel of God. This, This idea of the individualized revelation is really bad it it already it, we said that it destroys the sufficiency of the scripture but it also it means that you can never ever be right or ever ever be wrong you can never confess your like if you think oh god told me i should do this or whatever and then you do it and it turns out that it was a sin or just a mistake now you got to blame god for it and uh and and it also means you can never be uh you can never be right about anything. You got to everything that uh, that if you ever have a good idea, now it's uh, you got to you got to be defending that to the T as a revelation from God, and you and you can never concede that. Oh yeah, I just I had a good idea, but you don't have to like it. You you have to demand no. that everybody steps in line with whatever thing you got revealed from God, because after it all, you're equating your own experience or whatever with God's word, and now I. It's like the person, I remember the person that said that they had a word from Jesus. I mean, this always, you run into these people, they got the word from Jesus for you. And this person had a word from Jesus for me. And I said, why don't next time Jesus gives you a word, why don't you tell him to give me a word instead of giving the word to you and then giving it to me? Because you get to believe Jesus, but I have to believe you. And this is one of the problems with these individualized revelations is that now we are, we, they have an authority over every single Christian. They have this you know, because they have the revealed word given to them. It's really, it's really dangerous in just about every different way. Mm-hmm. It says in Psalm 139, his thoughts outnumber all the grains of sand. Like he has so many for us. And just to even like write those thoughts, think thoughts. those thoughts, and <laughs> dream in those thoughts. The spiritual poets would say, you're a note, and you should find just exactly your note. Nothing false, nothing tinny. You know, you should find just exactly your note and then find the chord that you're supposed to fit into. And that chord is supposed to find the song that it's supposed to fit into. And that song is supposed to find the symphony that it's supposed to fit into. This is how, how, how it works. But something rings true. That's the best expression for it. Something rings true all the way along that, that chorus. I love what you're saying because I do believe that that being what sons and daughters of God, that stuff. the Father sings, as Zephaniah talks about, he sings over us a song, and that when we hear him, when we realize that there's something more going on here than just walking through our lives, and we listen, then we begin to resonate with, with that song that he sings, and See that we resonate? become a part of that symphony of what That's the mystic image of being earth. lost. That's a beautiful so, image. I just I have love a friend, that. a friend who's a scientist who says, DNA are really the strings that God is using to make the music. We're, we are up there, we're like in probably toward what? the end of our set. What? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> we DNA is a string of God. Which was... I mean, it was like electricity from the first moment. I mean, it's wait, wait, like, I yeah, missed that. That was an important fr- thing that we missed there. What is? Can you play that again? You know, there's a button here that says it goes back ten seconds. I'm going to try it. Song and, and we DNA 
are really the strings that God is using to make the music. We're, we are up there, we're like in probably toward the end of our set, and, and we went into Explore My Soul, which was, I mean, it was like electricity from the first moment. I mean, it's, again, it's the moments where you write songs from your journey with the Lord, and they're literally the anthems that get you through. And then you make a choice to give them to the world. And then you say, now this can become your anthem. You know, and so I knew there was a high, high expectation in the spirit for what the father was gonna do. And when we were actually here at the farm rehearsing for David's tent, we were going over Explode My Soul, just kind of routine. Explode and, My Soul? And at the end of it, I was song? like, hey Luke, I, Luke is one of our um, band members. And I was explode like, I just my soul or feel so strong the Lord has something for you to release on your fiddle. Like, at, when we get to the end of Explode My Soul, like, I just, I want explode you to Explode My Soul, yeah. And he was like, okay. So we get to the end, I mean, and it's, you know, there are the moments when we lose ourselves in worship. <laughs> we lose ourselves in worship. Not- All right, so um, we might have to do a this is a song crunch so- later of that, but on explode my soul so she's saying we're up there at the end of the set i mean notice the secular language Mm -hmm. and we start into explode my soul and it was like electricity did you get that and you get lost in the worship i mean this is this this is the mystic praise leader talking about the mysticism of the praise leader and we are the meanies for pointing it out but the never mind it's there because this is the so you're, the, the 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 Holy Spirit is singing is is like this. The Holy Spirit is not a person. The Holy Spirit here is a force and a, the, this musical force, this vibration of the universe. And our job is to tune into that and be and to and be lost into it. So like, if you just have one person making the note, ooh, but then the other person comes in, ooh, and the ooh, and it and it starts to amplify that sort of thing, so that the whole thing starts to shake, and that shaking of your soul is the mystical encounter with God, and that's what the that's how you're supposed to know if the Holy Spirit is there. So that the song, did you, did you get the t- the picture from Zechariah? The, the Lord sings a song over you, which is the picture of a child singing a lullaby, or the mother singing a lullaby to the child, a beautiful picture. And that's, But that's, not, that's taken up into the mysticism, not as the Lord speaking something true of us, but rather the Lord using us as the notes to sing the song of the universe. So we are now joined up to this word of god and we become part of it it's not what god is doing for us but rather it's that we we are the the offspring of god now the old mystic picture of the soul being the being the spark that flies away from the fire now this is the new mystic picture of the soul being the note that's sung from the voice of god but it's the same picture and in the end, I become part of God. God becomes part of me. Any distinction is lost. I become absorbed and lost in God and part of the whole. And the end of that is the loss of faith. Mm. I mean, that's where that goes. That's the darkness that stands at the end of that road. And, dear friends, the reason why Evan and I point this out is because we do not want you to go down that road. We want you to get off of it because it is a dangerous road. I didn't realize we were listening to... Uh... Uh, praise and worship songwriters here's a little bit of that song whisper my name so only i can hear call to my heart chase away my fears stand up in this place fight for the one you love won't you come surround me so i can rise above i almost wonder if we haven't crunched this already i think that we maybe have explode my soul Mm. let these walls come down all those prison thoughts crumble with the sound of my deliverance from my enemies i stand up beside you let's watch these giants flee let the 
silence be broken. I'm afraid that's going to be all the time we have. Thanks for listening. Let to- the silence be broken with God's word. That's what I say. <laughs> and not more praise songs. That's Table Talk Radio. Thanks for listening, Mystic Antennas. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is Universe Tuning Forks. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, of the divine vibrations, chronic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden <sighs> craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling These off your threadbill. More information, visit tabletalkradio.org.